0: Hello, I'm Daniel Davis, and this is the Gospel Project for Adults weekly leader training podcast. This week we are on Unit 28, Session 3, titled, People Are Restored. In the previous two sessions, we looked at Jesus appearing to His disciples twice in Jerusalem one week apart. But that wasn't the only place Jesus would come to them as the resurrected Lord. Jesus had left instruction for the disciples with the women who had come to His tomb go to Galilee, and they would see Jesus there. Galilee had been home base throughout most of Jesus' ministry, so it probably felt like going home for them. But they weren't just going home. They were going home with the hopeful anticipation of once again seeing their Lord and their God resurrected in the flesh. Yet in the appearance that we look at in this session, Jesus alludes to some recent baggage That was Peter's three denials of Jesus just prior to his crucifixion. As part of that conversation, in giving Peter the opportunity to confess his love three times, Jesus demonstrated his forgiveness and his desire to restore fellowship with his own. In point one, we look at the part of this encounter where the risen Messiah reveals himself. The disciples returned to Galilee as instructed, and a few of them decided to go fishing. Perhaps they were out of practice, but they didn't catch anything all night. What they had hoped would be a worthwhile way to spend their evening was a complete bust. But then Jesus came on the scene. Standing on the shore, he instructed them to cast their net on the right side of the boat, and they would finally find some fish. And, of course, they did. So much so that they couldn't haul in the net. This recalls a similar experience in Luke chapter 5, where Jesus asked these fishermen to put back out to sea after a long night with no fish to show for it, and on that occasion they made an exceptionally large catch of fish as well. No doubt this fed into the conclusion in the boat about the man on the shore, which we will look at next. In point two, we see that the risen Messiah enjoys relationship. The disciple Jesus loved, whom we believe to be John, the gospel writer, put two and two together and recognized that the man on shore was the Lord Jesus. He shared his conclusion with Peter, who then got dressed and dove into the sea to swim to the shore to be with Jesus. Whether or not Peter's conscience was still being racked by his previous denials, it seems nothing would keep him from seeking out the Lord's presence. He even abandoned the other disciples to deal with the net and the fish themselves. The commentary on later page 38 calls attention to the mention of the charcoal fire Jesus presumably had set up to cook fish. Like the scenario in point one hearkening back to a previous time Jesus gave fishing advice, this detail recalls Peter's denials, both to our reading and probably through the disciples' sense of smell. In John 18.18, Peter was standing around a charcoal fire as he declared his first denial of being one of Jesus' disciples. Regarding relationships, Jesus must have enjoyed spending time with his friends and being meaningful with his words and actions. He invited his disciples to share some food with him for breakfast, so he took bread and gave it to them, and then he took some fish and did the same. And this recalls for us the feeding of the 5,000 in John 6, in which Jesus took some bread and fish to miraculously feed a multitude. Whether for 5,000 or a group of 12, Whether with a boy's lunch or a shocking haul of fish, Jesus is able to provide for physical needs. But even more importantly, the resurrected Christ is able to provide His people with His divine presence so that we may have fellowship with Him as friends. In point three, we get to the conversation that this whole passage seems to be building toward as we see that the risen Messiah restores fellowship. Peter had denied Christ three times before Jesus' crucifixion, and this on the heels of having abandoned Jesus at his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, on his fourth visit with Jesus post-resurrection, Peter probably hoped all of that was ancient history. Maybe the all-knowing Son of God had forgotten about those failures. But, of course, Jesus did not forget. But neither did he turn cold to Peter. Instead, Jesus graciously restored Peter to forgiveness and fellowship. This process may seem odd in light of what Jesus said in Matthew 10:32 32-33. Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. Peter emphatically denied his knowledge of and relationship with Jesus as a disciple on three separate occasions. By rights, it would seem Peter should have been cast off and rejected by Jesus and his Father in heaven. But we should also remember that when Jesus foretold Peter's denials in Luke 22:31 31-34, Jesus also said that he had prayed for Peter, that his faith would not fail throughout this ordeal. And Jesus also told Peter that when he turned back from his sin, that he should strengthen his brothers. Even our sinful denials are not beyond God's ability to redeem, but nevertheless we should take seriously our sin and repent quickly. Despite Peter's bold and brash denials of Jesus' predictions of his denial, Peter did crash and burn, just as Jesus said. But he also stuck around. He gathered with the disciples. He raced to the empty tomb. He saw the resurrected Jesus. I can imagine guilt still weighed him down, however, just as it can for us in the aftermath of our own sin. So, Jesus began a conversation to restore Peter so he would be fit for the gospel mission ahead of him and the task of encouraging his brothers. Countering Peter's three denials, Jesus asked three times if Peter loved him, and with each affirmative reply, Jesus instructed Peter to feed and shepherd his sheep. At the third ask, Peter was grieved, probably because he recognized what Jesus was doing. But no doubt this was a godly grief that produced repentance, as we read about in 2 Corinthians 7, 9-10. And because Jesus was redeeming Peter's denials, he would be able to comfort others who repent and believe with the assurance of God's forgiveness freely granted through Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. This, of course, is the ministry of edification within the church, which is the key doctrine for this session. The final scripture passage we look at in this point was another prophecy of Jesus, and given Jesus' track record with prophecies regarding his disciples' abandonment and Peter's denials, amongst all the others about his crucifixion, resurrection, and more, Surely Peter was hearing this differently now. And even though Jesus' words were grim, illustrating a likely crucifixion in Peter's future, he still called on Peter to follow him. And no matter the circumstances or consequences, following Jesus would lead to the highest purpose in life, to glorify God both in life and in death. Peter obeyed this call. He shepherded and fed sheep, helped to lead the church, wrote First and Second Peter, which have come down to us for our edification, and gave his life for Jesus. He wasn't perfect. He made poor choices and bad judgments. But we can confidently say that he has been acknowledged by Jesus before his Father in heaven, and that because of the love and grace of God available to all sinners through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. During Jesus' trial, Peter denied knowing him three times. After Jesus was resurrected, he gave Peter the opportunity to declare his love for him three times, confirming to the disciple that their relationship had been restored. Through his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus restores the fellowship between God and all who believe in him. Because Christ has restored our relationship with God, we believers should seek to live as God's agents of reconciliation, pointing others to how they, too, can be made right with God through Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's leader training for the Gospel Project for Adults. For more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.